first known rules of golf were drawn up in 1744 by the gentleman golfers of Edinburgh in Leith, Scotland. Since then, the game has changed dramatically. Golf courses, equipment, and not least the rules. So where do I go when I want to learn about the rules of the game today? Well, I go to the Golf Rules Questions podcast with Blakey and Roscoe, of course. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Blakey here from Golf Rules Questions. This week we're filming in the car as we literally go across the Port Phillip Bay. Uh, Roscoe and Blakey bringing it live almost. Almost bringing it live, Blakey, that's right. Let's uh, get this started. I'm going to hit the record on these microphones. We're recording on the camera, recording this. This is something new for us, Blakey, but we're up for anything. We'll give anything a go. Are you ready? Yeah, I've already stuffed it up, but let's go. Well, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Golf Rules Questions podcast, episode 25, I believe. And uh, yes, once again, two weeks in a row, we're, we're in company of each other. We've, we've stopped this uh, Zoom stuff now that we're at, and we're on the road to play some golf, Blake. This is exciting times for the podcast, because you just referred to in the, in the intro, which may or may not make the podcast, as in the car. No, can I correct you on that? Yes, you can, and uh, it feels like I'm uh, floating or moving a little bit, Roscoe. This is not a car. This is an official mobile podcast studio, and uh, and that's what it's referred to on all the podcasts that I do, and have recorded many episodes from in this very position. So, welcome to the mobile podcast studio for your first time. Uh, if you you know treat it with the respect, you might get invited back to the mobile podcast studio. It's a soundproof place to go when you're on the road. And right now we're on the road. We are sitting on the, uh, if you've been to Melbourne and you've done your Sandbelt experience, you've done your Mornington Peninsula golf experience, well, you know that the next place to go is across to the Bellarine Peninsula, where there is another whole plethora of great golf experiences. The newest one on the Bellarine Peninsula, which was, I guess, the follow-up to last week's course where we played at Sandy Links, which was done by OCM. Well, this week is Lonsdale Links, long-established golf course, redone by OCM. Uh, this course has been done by Ashley Mead, who's the M in the OCM. A lot of template holes. I can't wait to get across here. So we're on the ferry, podcasting on the way, or the boat's going up and down a little bit, but we're okay because we're in the four-wheel drive podcast studio. And uh, looking forward to it, Blakey. So let's get into it. Fantastic, Roscoe. Yeah, it's uh, going a little bit up and down, probably like uh, my golf game's going to go today. That's the pause for the laughter. Well done. You, you kept the comedy coming, Blakey. <laughs> That's right. So uh, let's uh, answer last week's Golf Rules Question of the Week. So last week's Golf Rules Question of the Week was a little another little tester, I thought. So you've hit power lines with the wrong ball. What's the ruling? So if you play at a course that has power lines running through it, and you know I grew up playing uh, at Cessnock Golf Club, the Oaks, uh, whatever iterations uh, the course that became but on the par three and I think it was like the, the fifth or the sixth this maybe the seventh sixth uh, had power lines running across and quite often usually when you flushed flushed one to the little redan type uh, green you'd hit the power line and you'd have to replay it but what happens when you hit it with the wrong ball Blakey? Yeah so as soon as you make that stroke at a wrong ball you've made a stroke at a wrong ball so you get the two shot or the loss of hole penalty and the fact that there's a local rule meaning you have to cancel the stroke for the power line actually doesn't 
doesn't matter because you've already hit the wrong ball. You get it? So you hit the wrong ball first, it hits the power line, doesn't matter about the power line, the wrong ball has been hit. You've got to go back and find your original ball um, and if you find that within three minutes, you can carry on with that. If you don't find it within the three minutes, then you have to go back to your previous place played uh, for an extra one-stroke penalty. So you don't want to hit the wrong ball into a power line, is no. what I'm hearing. Yeah, it doesn't matter about the power line. Uh, just make sure, you know, it's really easy to check whether you, it's your ball that you're about to hit. All you got to do is put a mark beside it and then you can lift it or just roll it to its side uh, just to see if it's your ball, replace the ball in the spot uh, if it's your ball and carry on. If it's not your ball and it's a Pro V1, maybe leave it there or uh, <laughs> down that Pro V1. Especially if it's my Pro V1 on the wrong fairway, but no, I've got plenty of those. So pick it up, pick my Pro V1 up, that's no problems at all. If it's a Striction, a TaylorMade, Bridgestone, whatever ball it is, if you know that it's mine, pick it up, no problems. I've got plenty in the bag, all freshies, because I, I, I go through them all, don't worry. Hey, um, very good, don't hit the power line. If you do hit a power line. Uh, if you do hit your power line with your ball, and I actually put this up on YouTube a couple of months ago, because on the European tour, Matt Wallace was playing at a uh, golf course where a power line was crossing the course, and he managed to hit one in one of his shots, uh, second shot I believe, and he had to cancel that stroke. Uh, there's no penalty, but you cancel the stroke and you replay. And by replay, you take another ball and you drop it from knee height uh, within that relief area, that one club length relief area, uh, and then play again from there. In all your times in uh, the world of rulesdom, have you ever heard of someone hitting a power line on a par three and the ball going in the hole? I uh, have. Uh, <laughs> did I believe it? I'm not sure, but I have. Uh, there's a course that, uh, I don't know if you've played it. I've played it once, I think. Uh, Waverley in yeah. southeastern uh, Melbourne. Basically has the power lines that the power the half of uh, Melbourne running right through the guts of it. And it's not just a power line, it is 37,000 million volts of power lines. Yeah, there's and on this one hole, particular hole, the power lines actually run parallel with the par three, uh, and they must have to cancel and replay strokes there all the time because, uh, yeah, if you hit one high enough, you know, they say uh, trees are 90% air, it's probably the same with power lines, but you still seem to be able to hit them. Fair enough. Well, let's uh, let's keep moving on. So we've got some rules scenarios that have popped up from the weekend's tour event, uh, both from the Sony Open, yeah, yep. in Hawaii, played at the beautiful uh, Wailai Country Club, and uh, we might flick across to some of those. Uh, the first one, what's the first one? We're going to play the second one first here, Blakey. So what's the, the first, first one? that We'll play the internal out-of-bounds one, We're yeah? playing the second one first, the internal out-of-bounds, which is uh, really good because we talked about it in one of our um, better episodes. I think that was episode 13 or 14 about um, unusual local rules. Uh, this is an unusual local rule, uh, but at the same time, it's a legal one, uh, not like some of those ones that we talked about. So it's under A4 local rule, and uh, we've posted that on the on the YouTube. 
and they had one at the Sony Open uh, on the weekend. If you think that episode 13 was one of the better ones, please go back to it. Or if you didn't listen to it, go back to it and, and hit a like on the YouTube uh, button. That's a, a good thing to do for Blakey to help his YouTube uh, followership grow. Uh, if you don't think it was one of the better ones, just tell us. Let us know. Send us an email. Sign up to the email program uh, where you'll get the uh, newsletter. Like us, uh, like Blakey, sorry, on the um, the Instagrams where he's got a massive following there and people reaching out every day with weird and wonderful rules situations and if you comment on one of the hundreds of people that comment on those thank you um, and, but if you do have a favorite episode so far out of the 25 by the time you listen to this feel free to let us know and also if you've ever got a weird and wonderful rules situation that you want some adjudication on information on or just updating on please feel free to get in contact with us on any way you can. Let's have a listen to, uh, who's the player that we're talking about here? Uh, the player in this video uh, was, you know, the, the guy, Webb Simpson. Webb's, but oh, but he doesn't actually come into it. And Colin Morikawa is in the video too, but it's the commentators talking about uh, this local rule, internal out-of-bounds. First uh, For what hole? I think it's the 18th hole at... Personal favourite of mine, uh, Webb Simpson. If you've listened to the My Love of Golf podcast, you've heard Rocket and I talk about Webb Simpson many times. Uh, he's the guy that just keeps on giving. Uh, I don't understand how he maintains his position, but he's obviously a very good golfer. That's how he does it. But uh, you know, he, he does very well against some of this uh, young up-and-coming talent. But let's have a listen to these guys do it now. There's a lot of trouble there, left and right, especially this week, Justin. Well, there is. And there was talk early in the week about guys hitting it through some of those posts and trees just left off the tee over towards the 10th green, which is there in the middle of our screen. It really would take off about 60 or 70 yards. The PGA Tour staff decided last night uh, that it was going to create too many delays and possibly dangerous situations. So they added this on-course out-of-bounds. This is not in play off the 10th tee, which is there on the left, but on for 18 off the right, you cannot, so this is known as in-course out-of-bounds, and you cannot hit it left of those stakes. Otherwise, you got to take it back to where you played your original shot from. And Bones, as we watch the tee shot here at 18 with Colin Morikawa, had a chance to chat Bones this morning with Gary Young and Mark Russell, two rules officials on the PGA Tour, as to why. And they said it's very simple as that ball bounds into the bunker. They want to make sure the PGA Tour players play the golf course the way it's originally designed and not do things that they normally would not do just because there are no hospitality tents here. They thought that was really important. As well, there you go. You've heard it. It is really important for internal out-of-bounds. If you're at a course that has an internal out-of-bounds you know, that's probably a fair and apt description of the reasons why. I played a course with an internal out of bounds, and I think the majority there it's for the safety, but um, Blakey, you, you fill us in what else was happening there. Uh, yeah, so what a hole is the one that you played that's got internal out of bounds? Uh, it's the 17 North, if you're hitting off the 17 North tee. Uh, the 10th North is uh, that's right. internal out of bounds. That's right. So it's a dog leg left, uh, and you know, usually as an errant bad shot, you can hit it left landing zones near the green of the the uh, ninth hole. Sorry, not yeah, the ninth, ninth, not the ninth, ninth. tenth. Um, yeah, so it create a dangerous situation, but it also it can be a little bit of a shortcut, not really an advantage. But uh, yeah, they've had internal out of bounds there forever. Yeah, and, and that's what we're talking about. That's uh, half the reason. You know, if you're walking down a fairway to get to your ball, and there's balls sniping straight towards you 
Um, you know, that's a safety issue. So that's part of the reason that they want to get rid of it and put that internal out of bounds. Uh, now, some people don't like internal out of bounds. I have no problem with it because golf. It's once you build a golf course, it's very hard to uh, redesign and find more space at, at a lot of golf courses. Some golf courses you might be able to, a lot of golf courses, that's it. There's no more, they've already built houses around it or built something else around it. Whereas technology, drivers, balls, which you know, I'm not really that happy about, they're still getting, you know, being able to go further and further. So we need a, sort of a bit of a fight back uh, by local rules or rules to, to stop that. You know, the hole was designed with possibly someone driving it 210 max back in the day. Now you can hit it 310 or Bryson 410. So, you know, the rules need to fight back and, and one for a safety issue and number two, to maintain the design of the hole and the way that it should be played. How would the players respond in that situation where they come in and, and as they said, the commentators, you know, they decided overnight to make that an internal out of bounds. You know, the guys have obviously been playing there, having some practice rounds and doing all of that. Do, do you think that there's any kickback from those guys? Uh, there wouldn't be uh, in that one because I, I just I you know the commentator said uh, a few people had been talking about it and saying yeah they would actually take the chance I don't think they would uh, but you know and just to, for that specific hole but there are holes out there that players would take their opportunity I mean if if you search the internet there's a situation where Bubba Watson uh, in Korea hits one through the trees on a totally different line. He doesn't even go between the two tee markers. He, he picks something almost a 90 degree angle and hits it through trees to go down another hole um, for a really dog leg par five. Uh, so, you know, there are some players that will take that uh, opportunity, but for that one, I don't think it would have been um, many players. You know, Justin, they said Justin uh, Thomas previously had taken an opportunity from that hole, but that was after he hit a tree and bounced out to that um, parallel or adjacent hole uh, that his ball ended up on. All right, so the next little scenario that we'll have a look at, also on the uh, YouTube Golf Rules Questions site, go over there and, and check it out, is the one with Nick Taylor where he wants to play left-handed to get free relief. So really interesting scenario, this one. I think we've talked about it before. Uh, it's a it's a question that I would imagine comes up a lot. Can you just flick the lefty just to get it, get advantage? And I think you're going to explain it obviously very well. But you know this video gives a, a real life example of it. So let's uh, play that one. I'll just turn the volume up here in the mobile podcast studio. Ricocheted off the fence and is. Step out of it, so. 
Like, I think audio-wise, it's better that you do go over and, and listen to the video, but what you're describing there, you've got a fence with, a, like, a mesh uh, protector above it, you know, obviously to stop some errant shots there going into a place. Uh, just describe what's happening. Yeah, so, basically, Nick Taylor's ball has come up to, to rest against an out-of-bounds fence, but it's still in bounds, um, so that he doesn't actually have any kind of stance or swing for a... Uh, a right-handed player. Now, there's actually a fence on the outside of this boundary fence that's, let's say, 10 metres high, 15 metres high, uh, protecting players playing that hole from the driving range and also protecting the driving range uh, from possibly uh, a very wide uh, shot off that, off that ninth hole. Now, the referees explained to Nick that you don't get free relief from the boundary fence, but the TIO, even if it's situated out of bounds, you would get relief from. However, you have to be able to show that you can actually play a shot, and he, he actually couldn't play a shot right-handed. I mean, the ball would actually be between his feet. Um, it's so close to the fence. so. In the video, it sounds like the player has said, well, I'll have to play left-handed. And the referees got on the radio and they've discussed it. And they believe that him, by him playing left-handed, he actually could have a shot straight at the flag. And the TIO is on that line. Now, to get free relief from a TIO, a TIO is a temporary immovable obstruction. And temporary immovable uh, means that it's basically just there for the week of the tournament although I wonder if it is um, outside of that that week because it seems to be there um, it, it kind of looks a little bit more permanent than temporary but you know if you do know if you're listening to this and you have been to that tournament or been to that course outside of um, that tournament and you do know that the safety fence is or isn't there during the other 51 weeks, uh, please let us know. Especially if you're a member of Wildlife Country Club. If you are a member of Wildlife Country Club, I would love to hear from you about that TIO. Or if you know a member of Wildlife Country Club, flick this on and pass it and get, this, get us to let us know. Yeah, so, uh, but let's, you know, let's just uh, take it as it is. It's temporary immovable obstruction. You can have a temporary immovable obstruction outside the course. You can't have an immovable obstruction outside the course, but you can have a temporary one outside the course. Uh, now it has to have, it has to be on the player's line of play, has to be on the player's line of sight. So line of sight is straight towards the flag, and line of play could be a bit of a bend. It could be high, low. You know, it, it could uh, have, you could have to go around a house type thing. Um, so it might not necessarily be exactly straight. Anyway, the referee agreed that um, if Nick had flipped his club. Uh, the other way to play left-handed, he still would have had interference with the uh, with the the fence, the temporary removal one, not the boundary fence. I thought that was a little bit sketchy, uh, to be honest. Uh, I know these players are a hell of a lot better than me, um, but it was just so close to the boundary fence. And would that have been a reasonable shot? I'm not really sure. If he was just chipping out sideways, that wouldn't have counted as free relief. Uh, because he wouldn't have had the line of play or the line of sight 
uh, so he wouldn't have been able to get free relief. But he had managed to get this free relief, took the, um, the drop. Um, now it's a slightly weird situation because you work out the outermost edge of the fence plus a club length. So they're saying, okay, this is the outermost edge, but we'll give you an extra club length as your outermost edge. Then you get one club length free relief, which a lot of people aren't quite understanding. Oh, he's taking two club length drop, blah, 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 but he's not taking a two club length drop. They just give you, you know, the edge of the building plus a club length, then the next club length is the one that you drop within. And, and Nick was able to take a drop, hit it back over the trees, hit it on the green, and it was a par, short par five, and he made the putt for birdie and was actually leading after round two. Happy days for Nick Parker. So I guess the number... Taylor. Nick Taylor, Nick Parker. Nick Taylor. Now, if you are Nick Parker, g'day to you too. Um, <laughs> I do actually know Nick Parker. Uh, you know everyone. I do. Uh, so the, the, I guess the nub of that is you just can't flick to left-handed to, to get advantage because it's the other side of it and you can't say, I'm going to play this left-handed and therefore I'll get relief. You can't do that. No, it, it needs to be reasonable. Yeah. Uh, now, reasonable changes between players. You know, Ross goes off a four... I'm off an eight. Uh, reasonable might be slightly different between the two of us. Uh, you know, he's probably got a lot more skill than I have, uh, so he might may be able to think uh, I'll flip around a left-handed club and um, be able to play it, or the other way around because I actually have a set of left-handed clubs and have tried to play left-handed for a couple of years. So, you know, it just depends on uh, a player's skill and, and talent level. There you go, listeners. Gives you a fair insight into the level of detail that this man operates, that uh, he likes to exhaust all opportunities to play the game when he wants to play left-handed as well. Which is not hard enough right-handed for you, I wasn't going too well right-handed. I got the yips with everything, and uh, I thought I'll, I'll try left-handed. and I managed to break 100, so I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, okay. No, fair enough. Uh, if you're an ambidextrous uh, golfer out there, like a Mac O'Grady style of uh, golfer, if you don't know who Mac O'Grady is, you're probably young, and, and if you are young and using this uh, to learn about the rules, thank you. But um, go and check out Mac O'Grady because he was probably one of the greatest ever left and right-handed players. Rumour has it that he was in uh, playing the LA Open, was leading, playing right-handed, and then wanted to flick to left-handed to play the final round or play one of the rounds. Can you actually do that? Could you do that? That's a question without notes. Yeah, yeah, you could, uh, you could change. Obviously, in the amateur game, it's slightly different because you have a handicap. But in the professional game, they can basically choose whichever um, dexterity um, you know you want to use. I, I don't think dexterity is the right word. I, I was having a conversation about that. This is off topic, but I, I'll probably get called for an either. So if you know the actual real term for when you're left-handed and right-handed, um, let me know. I mean that's ambidextrous, but I just you know I think dexterity uh, is related to your foot rather than your hand. I think dexterity is what we're actually doing here right now. We've got a camera on the front, uh, the dashboard of this car. I've got a recorder here. I've got the phone. I've got the YouTube playing through the car audio. And uh, I think that's pretty dexterous. I think you're doing a lot. Um, okay, cool. No Ivers for last week. No we have, No one's called us on an Iver. Uh, background bingo. So thanks again. So we had a couple of participants with the background bingo. Who were they? Uh, well, it was B Flavel. It's Ben, Ben Flavel. Flavel, um, sorry. Yeah, and 
actually Ben's a host today at uh, Port Arlington. Yes. Uh, over at Lonsdale, sorry. Uh, so so he, he got it, uh, Ben. Well, he you put me off because his Instagram name's backwards or something, so I haven't quite worked out his name yet. Um, but he, he got it with the Heritage. It was the Henley course at the Heritage, which uh, Stuart McPhee, good friend of the podcast, who helps me with my videos, um, he invited me out there um, over the Christmas period. Okay, and did anyone get my background bingo? It was my house, obviously, but the, the intent of the background bingo was to identify the course in that beautiful picture from uh, Airswing Media up uh, behind us. Did anyone get that? No, no one got the, uh, was it Crash or Critch Island? Critch, it was, it was Critch Island in, in Donegal Island. I think I might have used a, used a picture from there, but it was a great picture from uh, Airswing Media, a uh, great friend of uh, mine and the podcast, uh, and a great photographer, one of Australia's great, one of the world's great aerial photographers. Um, check out his work. It was it was Critch Island in Mount Eliza. No, yeah, sort of. And Critch, uh, Critch is actually, if you want to do check it out, it's spelt C-R-U-I-T, another one of these words uh, in Irish where it's pronounced different to how it would read, but uh, C-R-U-I-T, one of the great little nine-hole links courses in the world. Now, this week's Golf Rules Question of the Week, because we've got to wrap it up because uh, the boat's docking. I can hear the ding-dong-ding, which tells everyone to get back to their cars. If you do want to get across from Sorrento to Queenscliff, this is the way to travel. It's it's not the cheapest way to get across, like, but it's a very pleasant trip. The dolphins are usually bouncing out beside you. It's a beautiful view of the bottom part of Port Phillip Bay, and uh, it's just a really easy and relaxed way. And you know, if you're trying to make the best use of your time, you can chuck a camera and a couple of microphones in your gob and start doing a podcast. This week's Golf Rules Question of the Week. I'll, I'll read it. Uh, David, if that's you're, all right. You're better. You're going, to, you're going to do the accent again or I, a different accent? Or? Jason Johnson, thanks to you for your commentary around the accent. Uh, made you chuckle, so that was, in, that was the intention there. If it made one person laugh, the job's done. This week's Golf Rules Question of the Week. Do you get free relief from the spray of an irrigator? I have a question about the question already. Go for it. What's an irrigator? You know, like it's out on the fairway and it's spraying water to irrigate the grass, uh, you know, the fairway and... Uh, is, that what, is that what you call it in New Zealand, bro? What do you call it? Sprinkler? Sprinkler, mate. Uh, it, I I guess irrigators like for farmers, and I am come from a bit of a farming community where it's actual, you know, big powerful water coming out, whereas a sprinkler's probably a little like teeny tiny wisp of water. Okay, well, if you're on the greenkeeping fraternity and you want to let us know exactly what they're called when you go to the lunchroom at uh, 7 a.m., when you have your lunch at 7 a.m., because that's you know, you've done half a day by then, irrigator or sprinkler. But do you get free relief from the spray of an irrigator slash sprinkler? That's the question of the week. That's a good question. Blakey, yeah, this has been fantastic. Blakey, this uh, big barge that we're on is revving its engines in reverse thrust. That means we're docking, so let's call it time on that made a great use of the time you're going to see some footage from footage 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 as an either i would correct myself maybe it's not footage from lonsdale links we might try and cover a couple uh cover off a couple of other rules scenarios today but really looking forward to lonsdale links and uh seeing some of the template holes that ashley Mead and mike cocking and jeff ogilvy have been able to conceive for this new great course on the bellarine uh, i've had a lot of people that we told last week that we're going to play and i told on the mile of golf podcast they can't wait to hear the feedback, so I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. I've been there um, to rate the course, and we'll be going back in February to rate it uh, now, but to play it will just be 
cherry on the top. Uh, are we going to play seriously today? We, is there any, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, anything on the line? Yeah. Your dodgy eight handicap, which really should be one. <laughs> that, that's a lie. I do have the yips still. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in, and until next time, we look forward to meeting you again on the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Thanks very much. Thank you.